and local. Live and local. This is Sacktown Sports. Yes, sir. Welcome back, Sacramento. Alongside Chris Watkins, I'm Zachariah. Sacktown Sports, 1140. You can call or text the show, 916-339-1140. Check us out live streaming on YouTube. Just search for Sacktown Sports. Coming up at 1215, we will get back to that NBA GM survey. Most underrated player acquisition and... Since the Kings didn't make a ton of movement, you can probably guess who made the list there. Yeah. But we will uh, reveal it. Also, who will win the Rookie of the Year. And also, yeah, we have some sound. That'll be at 1245 when we do fun in the 40s. But Sasha's getting a rookie pass. Now, is he? can he win Rookie of the Year? Yes, he can. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Age doesn't matter. Okay. Just experience. Yeah. Well, he's getting a pass from the vets, though. I'll yep. tell you that. They're not treating him like a rook, even though. Wouldn't that be, I mean, sh- shouldn't there be an age limit on rookie? I mean, not like, I mean, I get it. Yeah, you can come I out mean, at like 19 saying, or yeah. like 22, but I feel like the cutoff should be like 25. Or if you played professional ball, yeah. you're no longer a rookie. I don't know. Anyways, we'll discuss that later. There's a conversation to be had for sure. But right now, Kings-Lakers tonight. And I don't know if you remember, but one of your many takeaways from the first game on Mm -hmm. Sunday was that second unit didn't look great. Didn't look great. And I think maybe that's why Mike Brown said, I don't really know what I'm doing with my second five and my third five. Might fidget. Um, Might move some guys around, but they didn't have a great performance. I mean, the whole team didn't have a great performance. Wasn't ideal. Let's be honest. But I think that stood out to you a little bit, and it was not lost on Malik Monk. And uh, he's getting Plays better. Defense, second unit. Uh, first unit be all right. Like I said, they, they know each other. They know what to do out there. Uh, we just got to keep building the chemistry in the second unit and just try to keep encouraging each other. Mm. And I think that's important. So I, I think that would be something else to look out for. Yeah. Because, I mean, as, as he pointed out there, the first unit's good. They're straight. Yes. You know what I mean? Very like, straight. they already know each other. Yeah. They don't need to figure each other out. But the second unit does. Yeah, I mean, that that second unit, again, that's going to be the thing that I think takes the Kings hopefully to another level this year on top of, you know, multiple guys hopefully possibly taking jumps is is the fact that hopefully Davion Mitchell can stay on the floor more. Hopefully, um, you know, Malik Monk can build on the season he had last year. And, yeah, I, I think it, it's encouraging that they're <coughs> – excuse me. I got that, you. That that second encouraging. unit. Yep. <laughs> encouraging. Yeah. Encouraging that that second <laughs> That should be unit. our trick. When one of us coughs, just say the last word that yes. the other person said. Yeah, just yeah Encouraging. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it's good that, that that second unit understands that as well. You know, they understand how important they're going to be. And it's a building process. That's why it's no time to overreact to, you know, how they performed in the first game. Um, those guys are still, you know, Malik talked about them still getting continuity with each other with Duarte being a new addition, you know, they, they lose, uh, you know, uh, Chemezi Metu and, and Terrence Davis from that second group rotation. And so it's about, you know, figuring out how to, how to integrate those guys, those other guys like JaVale and, and Sasha and understand and Duarte and understanding where they like the ball and, and how they like to be fed when they like to be fed. And also on the defensive angle, it's, it's, it's just a work in progress right now. And it's not much, um, not much that you can take from these preseason games except for uh, the the pockets of, of good stuff that you see. And obviously, you know, if you see any any alarming, you know, deficiencies specifically on the defensive side, that's definitely something to look for too. But for the most part, it's these guys still gaining, um, 
you know, just gaining knowledge on how they like to play with each other. Now, he said first five, second five, third five. Yep. And by my by my math, that's 15 yep. players. Yes, sir. But he's not saying he's going to play 15 players throughout the year. Oh, absolutely not. So he's, when he's saying second five, third five, that's they're going to mix in with the one. Because ultimately, what, it's going to be like a 10-man rotation? Yeah, 10 or 11, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I, I think that that's just more referring to when they practice. They have three different – or. Uh, four groups of of players together and I think it's that's more what he's talking about is you know those those guys in the in the third five which is your your Jordan Fords your your you know Colby Jones Sasha was in there uh Kessler Edwards was in there and I believe Alex Len is in there as well um that's really just referring to the guys who essentially aren't getting minutes but are in in the hunt for minutes if you will I mean yeah they're probably going to run a 10 or 11 man rotation and those other four or five guys who aren't going to get minutes a couple of them are really capable of it so it's just kind of trying to figure out who's going to be you know I think it was last week we had that odd man out conversation I think that's really what they're still trying to figure out is is unfortunately who is going to be those those one or two guys who probably could get minutes but but just can't because this team has so much depth yeah I'm looking right now Domas led the team 34.6 minutes Fox was right behind him 33.4 Harrison Barnes 32.5, 32.5, Keegan Murray, 29.8, Kevin Herter, 29.4. Those are your five starters. And then after that, it was Davion at 18.1, Trey Lyles at basically 17, Kessler Edwards at 14, Terrence Davis at 13. And so obviously the guys that are going to take the places from the guys that aren't there, I mean, yep. Sasha's obviously going to be one. Yep. And then you're going to see some McGee minutes, and Len only averaged 6.2 for them in 26 games last year, but he'll probably be in the mix as well. So, yeah, I think it'll just be interesting to see how – I mean, I think that, like, for everybody that thinks that the Kings didn't have an interesting offseason and that yeah. they're just running it back, I mean, we even have a promo for that on right. the station. Yeah, the the Kings, Kings are running, running it, back. it back. But they're still going to be interesting to see. Like, yeah, if you want to just talk about the starting five, yeah. they ran it back. But they did add depth and they did add other players and there was some sub – subtraction so I think it'll be interesting to see what they do rotation wise that's what I'll be looking for yeah for sure I mean that's 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 going to be the the biggest thing is yeah the Kings didn't add a lot of guys but the guys that they did add I think are going to be impactful uh, on the back end of the rotation the Chris Duarte's the Sasha and the in the McGee I don't I'm not completely sold yet on exactly what JaVale McGee's role is going to be this year I don't think he's going to play every single night I just have a tough time picturing that I think he'll he'll play if I had to guess like 50 to 55 games I think it's going to be pretty matchup dependent but um, we we assume Sasha's going to be in the rotation for a big part of the year but also Chris Duarte like what will he bring this year I think that's those are really like those additions are going to be huge for for people who who are predicting the Kings to finish in the seventh seed or anywhere around there. I think those those people don't really factor in the fact that the Kings did add a couple people who are going to be really impactful this year. I think for the most part, people just view this as oh, this is the Kings brought back their core, and so they're going to be the same team that they were last year. No, I think the guys that they brought in, while they might not be you know, the start in the starting five, they're still going to have a big impact on how the Kings look and and play on a given night. So you'll, you think there'll be games where McGee doesn't see the floor at all. 
Yeah, I think so. Like DNP coach's decision. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to play every single game that that he's available for. I just feel like you think Len also. Oh, Len's definitely not playing. Yeah, Len, I think, will probably have a similar role to what he had last year. I think Len is McGee insurance at this point. I think they brought in Alex Len at the start of free agency because they liked to have his size. They Mm -hmm. liked how he played when he did play last year, and they felt like they still needed a body. And then you saw them bring in Nerlens and and Scalabissier, and they were going to keep Namias Keita as well. I think that was okay, maybe one of these guys can push Alex for minutes. Then once JaVale McGee became available, I think it was very clear they were like, we think JaVale McGee is better than all of these guys. And, you know, we're, we're going to – I think JaVale is going to play a good amount, but I don't think it's going to be every single night. All right, well, then let me ask you this. How many players – barring, of course, load management mm-hmm. and or injury, outside of the top five, how many guys do you think are guaranteed to get in every night and average – I'll just I'll put it low, double digit minutes. So I mean it's going to be the Malik five, Monk, starting five. Yeah, Malik, Davion Mitchell, Davion, Trey will, Lyles will get over ten. I don't know if it's guaranteed. Trey will. I think Trey will get over ten minutes per game. Um, I'm still trying to figure out where his minutes exactly come. If they're going to be at the expense of Sasha or if they're going to be at the expense of of Javale McGee. But yeah, I think I think Trey is is pretty bona fide to be over ten minutes. And then what and about then Duarte Sasha. and Sasha? I think both of those guys probably will. I think Duarte will be close. Again, I don't think – I think Duarte has a better shot of playing every day than JaVale does. I, I think Sasha, when once he's in the rotation, I think he's in the rotation. I think that's 15 to 20 a night uh, – minutes, that is, <laughs> a night. Uh, and I think Chris Duarte – man, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out because I – I think it's going to be dependent on how well he shoots the ball. If he if he's knocking down his shot like he was in his rookie season, mm-hmm. I think there's 10 to 15 minutes a night for him guaranteed. But if he continues to to kind of struggle to to knock down shots and, you know, if maybe he's he's a little bit of a shot hunter a little bit, you know, looking to try and get right, mm-hmm. I could see that really affecting his minutes. Yeah, for sure. And, and I- then JaVale, yeah. Who, who knows about JaVale's minutes either? That's going to be all based off of how well he's playing when he's actually in the game. Yeah, definitely. Well, he played 13 on Sunday, obviously just the first preseason game. Yeah. Uh, Len played 12, Mitchell played 15, Monk played 15, Duarte played 14, and then we talked about Sasha. He only played 11, but I think – Again, that's going to be a lot. I think Sasha's playing time is going to be a lot on Sasha, yeah. as we talked about oh, at the yeah. top of the show, in yeah. terms of how he can how he can adjust and be better defensively. Because mm-hmm. it's no secret how that I wouldn't say that as great as the Kings' offense was last year, their defense was equally as bad. Yeah, like I don't think it was that bad. Right. Uh, because the Kings' offense was so great, but they definitely need they definitely know that they need to get better defensively and yeah. that's that's definitely a plus for Duarte as absolutely. opposed to Sasha. Right, absolutely. And and that's where yeah, that's where Kessler Edwards might sneak into the rotation as well. Mm-hmm. We don't know how bad or how good defensively they want to I mean we we know they want to be good, but if they show some promise, I mean, and they really want to lean into a defensive rotation. I think that's where Duarte could find some time. That's where maybe an unexpected Kessler Edwards role can can emerge as uh, because that's kind of what happened last year. I don't think anyone was expecting Kessler Edwards to get any minutes last mm-hmm. year, and he played a good chunk of games, and when he did play, he would play a lot of minutes because well, – not a lot of minutes, but relatively a lot of minutes mm-hmm. 
because he just showed defensive effort and he had some tools that the Kings really even still don't really have. They don't really have many wing defenders to throw out there. I think even Duarte is a guy who you hope he can he can profile as a good defender, but uh, I, I think that Duarte and, and Kessler Edwards specifically, the the way that they get an increased role from what they expect now is definitely on the defensive end. And Mitchell, it's kind of just the flip it's side. Like, in, just yeah. don't be a liability yep. offensively. All right, coming up next, back to the NBA GM survey. Who was the most underrated player acquisition who will win Rookie of the Year? Which player is the fastest with the ball? We finally got a gold medal, Chris, so we'll discuss Woo! that next. Chris Walken, Zachariah, Sacktown Sports, 1140. Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Welcome back, Sacramento. Alongside Chris Watkins, I'm Zachariah. Sacktown Sports, 1140. Coming up, bottom of the hour, after the best update anchor in the history of radio does his update, we will discuss coaching salaries. We touched on this briefly yesterday, and I thought for the longest time, and I got confirmation, that we did not know what Bill Belichick was making, but we do now. So we'll go through that, and we'll tie it in with who should be on the block through five weeks? Because I don't like to fire people, but I have my opinion, Chris. So we'll do that bottom of the hour. But right now, back to the NBA GM survey. Let's start here. What was the most underrated player acquisition? Now, again, we've talked about the continuity. Kings didn't make a big splash in free agency. Big signing was basically bringing guys back. Right. But they had the rights to one Sasha Vazenkov. And he finally came over. So he did make the list. He was under also receiving votes. Honorable mention, if you will. There you go. Along with DeAndre Ayton, uh, Jordan Poole, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Obi Toppin, and Porzingis. I would have thought he would have got a little bit more love. But the top of the list is Marcus Smart and Memphis. Hmm. That is a very underrated player acquisition because it kind of went under the radar. Boston made a lot of – you want to talk about the opposite of the Kings? (laughs) Right. They made a ton of moves, brought in Porzingis, and then didn't even trade either of their top three players Mm -hmm. to bring in Holiday. So, um, yeah, but Marcus Smart in Memphis, I don't know. To me, I liked them a lot better with Boston. I don't think the Grizzlies need a ton of – defensive grit, yeah. which is kind of what he brings it. He's another guy where if shots on, then he's obviously very valuable. Right. But yeah, I, no, I, I would call it underrated just because it kind of went under the radar. Yeah, I think it's one of those moves. It's it's underrated. It's the perfect phrasing for it because you just forget that it happened. It was so early in the offseason, too. It was was one of the first big moves that, that happened this offseason. And, I mean, yeah, you you everyone remembers the fact that John Morant's not going to play for the first 25 games of the season – and so you say naturally, oh man, Memphis is going to struggle. But you remember then that they have Marcus Smart, and I think that's where he's really going to prove his value almost instantly for Memphis is just being able to to play a, a solid point guard role for that team. And you know they they lost um, Tyus Jones. I'm trying to remember if it was Tyus or Trey. They lost Tyus Jones this off season uh, in the trade. I think they were part of the three way pool trade and sent him 
to Washington. So they're not going to have the the one of, if not, in my opinion, the best backup point guard in the NBA, and they replace him with a guy who's been a starter in Boston for the last couple of years of his career, and he's solid. Like, he's he's just really, really solid. I know that everybody in Memphis is probably thinking, we just got our Tony Allen 2.0, and I think that's really what he's going to be once Jaw comes back. They're just going to use him like a bulldog, and I think it's a perfect fit when you talk about attitude and team – or uh, attitude and, and – uh, player connection like it really feels like he fits that grit and grind mold not necessarily that the the Grizzlies play anymore they don't really do the grit and grind that they that they were with Zebo and and Mike Conley back in the day but they still have that edge to them you know they're they're the probably the most disliked team in the NBA especially when they had Dylan Brooks and I think Marcus Smart really fits perfectly into that mold and as we just talked about a lot of player movement for the Boston Celtics number two on the list Grant Williams Mm. to Dallas I like that move for them a lot because that is a team that needs some defensive grit when you have Luka and Kyrie as your two best players I think he'll bring a lot to them and then I wonder if this poll was taken after the uh, Canada USA game Uh, Dylan Brooks Houston Tied for third, as I thought it was one. I mean, see, but that doesn't really, that's not factoring in the contract. That's just saying underrated move, you know, underrated player acquisition. Dollar figure either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then Bruce Brown, um, uh, Mr. Malone, famously um, under the influence at the parade said that uh, he guaranteed that Bruce Brown would be back, but he went and chased his bag in Indiana. You think that'll be a big move? Because I think his role with Denver and not being one of the focal points of the team treated him much better than I think it will with expectations in Indiana. Agreed. Like Bruce Brown's one of those guys where pretty much like you laid out, when you don't have a lot of expectations for what he's going to do, he's going to exceed it. But if you have starter level expectations for Bruce Brown, I I don't know if he's going to be a productive starter in the league. He really had a perfect role with that Denver team and – I don't know if he's suited to take another leap. I, it feels like he's a guy who's already kind of maxed out all the potential that he has. And mm-hmm. That potential is great. Like he's he's a really really solid player. He's a perfect sixth or seventh man to come off the bench for a winning team. But when you're talking about an Indiana situation where they're on the rise and and they're trying to still break into the playoffs. I don't know if he's the kind of guy who's going to elevate your team to a different level. He's a really solid role player, but. I don't know if he's anything more than that. And then I I like this one a lot, tied for third, uh, Nurkic. If you watched the game last night, the preseason game, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched some. And this might just be full-blown eye test, to be honest, Chris, but he just looks so much bigger than DeAndre Ayton did for them yeah. in that big man role. And I think that that's kind of what they were looking for because – they were up 2-0 on the Bucks in the finals. Yep. And then I think, you know, I think that Aiton just got dominated. Sure. And they just want a guy that's not going to get dominated. And Aiton, for whatever Oof. reason, he's tall, but he's not thick. Yeah. Nurkic is thick. So yeah, I like that problem. as an underrated player acquisition. I, I'm i not a big Nurkic guy at all. I think uh, I got that vibe it's when it first really, came up. Yeah. Really funny to me that not just you but I think Phoenix's plan is exactly what you just laid out is for Nurkic to be this big physical presence 
And the problem is he's just big. He's, he's not, not a plus physical. defender. He's, yeah. not, he's just not physical. Like, yeah. He's one of the biggest guys in the NBA mm-hmm. stature-wise, mm-hmm. but he plays so soft and never really likes to initiate con- contact. Yeah. I just don't know if he's going to be the guy that they hope he is for them. But we'll we'll see because he's going he's gonna, to, to your point, they're going to need him at some point in this season, especially in the playoffs, if they have to go against – you know, if they make the finals, they'll definitely have to go against somebody, whether it be Joel Embiid or whether it be Kristaps Porzingis or whether it be Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brook Lopez or even in the in the West, they're going to have the hands full with Nikola Jokic. So yeah, I mean, Nurkic is going to be huge for them this year. And uh, I mean, you just don't, don't plan on him being it, that. Yeah, I, I got feel you. like their season kind of depends on him. Yeah, and for sure, and even just to get there, they're going to have to go through the Joker and you know who knows right. who else. Um, hopefully. Uh, Domas. Hopefully they have to go through Domas to get there. You know what I mean? Uh, we shall see. Maybe. All right, coming up, bottom of the hour, coaches' salaries and who, after five weeks, should be on the hot seat. We'll discuss that next. He's Chris Watkins. I'm Zachariah. Sacktown Sports, 1140. One of the hardest-hitting diss songs of all time is this one. Tupac Shakur just, man. <laughs> I, like, felt bad for Biggie after that. <laughs> Normally, diss songs are like, oh, that was a good diss song. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. It was, like, It's personal. an interesting way to start a song also. <laughs> Coming out one, hot. One of the most iconic uh, ways to begin a song, yeah. for sure. Welcome back, Sacramento. Uh, he's Chris Watkins. I'm Zachariah. This is Sacktown Sports 1140. You can join us anytime. Call and be heard. Or text and be read, 916-339-1140. We're also live streaming on YouTube. Just search Sacktown Sports. Coming up at 1245, we have fun in the 40s, and it'll be the Sacramento Kings edition. Some audio that you probably had already heard, but I had just heard for the first time. Also, they put out a, a picture of all the members of the Kings City. I think we we talked about this, like the lunch table thing, like who do you sit with or whatever. Oh, yeah. So yeah, they, yeah. We they, didn't talk about that, but yeah. They put out a picture with combinations of two mm-hmm. going up and down the roster and the coaches and stuff like that. So which which lunch table would you sit at? And then also, sick New Jersey from Sacramento. They're really doing their thing this year when it comes to jerseys. So we'll do that fun in the 40s. But right now, I'm just looking at the NFL – coaching situation right now and it got me to thinking who are the highest paid coaches so I figured some of these guys I would have been able to guess I think the standard rate sort of is about 10 million Mm -hmm. and then you get to the ones that that make more than that so Bill Belichick is number one at 20 million per now you could argue that he should be on the hot seat as we've talked about, Absolutely. Patriots do not look good this year. And with the whole who deserves more credit, Bill or Brady, Brady winning one with the Bucks. the season, was it the first year after he left New England? I think it was. Yes, it was the very next season. Very yeah. next season. And Belichick, he has gotten back to the playoffs, but he struggled big time. Anyways, he's numero uno, and I guess, I mean, he's earned it. Six, six Super Bowl titles, that should probably get you highest yeah. paid coach in the league, right? But he's having a terrible year. And then, ironically, the number two guy on the list, Sean Payton. You know how hard on him I have been. He's making $18 million Ooh. per year. 
But do yeah. you actually think, Chris, that either of those two guys are actually on the hot seat? I would say no on both fronts because for Belichick, it's just legacy, and I think they're going to – I think Kraft is going to give him the respect of allowing him to sort of dictate when he leaves – and no on Peyton because it's his first year of a fat contract. So I feel like Bill Belichick might be on the hot seat. Really? I feel like it's not necessarily like That's a, a hot take, Chris. It's not a first coach fired kind of hot seat, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a hey, we're going to revisit this at the end of the year, Mm. and we might ask that we both go our separate ways just for the betterment of each other. Like, it feels like this, you know, post-Brady era has kind of played itself out, and I think the Patriots clearly are headed towards a decline, and I I think that's best for the Patriots organization in total. Uh, And and Bill Belichick is still trying to, you know, he's he's chasing ghosts. He's trying to uh, pass Don Shula's all-time win record, and, I just if he's gonna hang around here in 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 New England, like I think he's gotta eighteen. To, yeah. I think he's eighteen or nineteen or twenty wins away. That's looking like three to four seasons <laughs> yeah. of work, and so yeah. I, I think it would be best for both parties if if they probably revisited or or maybe even for the first time visited a separation uh, of the two. So. I guess I won't say hot seat because hot seat kind of implies that you could be fired any week now, but it feels like the Belichick era is kind of the gotcha. writing's starting to become very clear on the wall. How did you feel about Mac Jones coming out of college? Um, okay, but it felt like he should have been like a second or third round pick mm-hmm. and not somebody What did he go, that, like 15? Yeah, 15 like and, you know, as a franchise quarterback. I just It feels like Mac Jones is somebody who – you take a flyer on, but you're not not really somebody that you should fall in love with. Yeah, for sure. And look, Belichick didn't do him any favors having defensive guys as his offensive coordinator no. last year, but he he switched that up this year. And I, you know, there's been I've heard reports that they don't get along very well. And right. um, Jones does kind of seem to be one of those quarterbacks that would be difficult to deal with. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much longer he goes or what they're going to do because I feel like. I feel like Mac Jones might not be the starter come week one next year. I don't think so. Yeah. I really, really don't think so. I don't know where they go because Billy Zappi, I mm-hmm. think, who's the backup, Yeah, he doesn't look like he's it. I mean, no, do I, they maybe go the Malik Cunningham route at some point this year? Or I, I don't know. do they fork something over to your squad and get Cousins? <sighs> For what? The, like, I heard I mean, that. They can't, I heard that on the worldwide leader. The problem, I mean, maybe next offseason, but I think the biggest problem with them bringing in Kirk is – what what do they have around him? Like what yeah. you bring in Kirk Cousins, he's not gonna elevate your team to ten or eleven wins. You gotta put a lot of talent around him. Yeah, for sure. And then as I mentioned, the second one, Sean Payton, um, in addition to giving up a first round pick in twenty twenty three and a second rounder in twenty twenty four, Denver inked Payton to a contract that will pay him between eighty five and a hundred million. Oof. Over just five years, the last time we saw a commitment this large was when the Raiders handed John Gruden a 10-year, $100 million contract. That went so well. Didn't it? Why isn't he on this list, actually? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> you know, it's funny. He was on another one, but I looked at I don't think I don't think he got his money. No, he shouldn't have. I don't yeah. think he did, uh, especially because the the yeah the NFL thing. That it was, happened, the yeah, email the emails, yeah, stuff, it, was, so. it was terminated. And we already talked about how... You know, Mr. Davis can't afford to pay two coaches at once. He right. definitely couldn't pay uh, three at once. Uh, number three on the list is Pete Carroll. He makes 15, Ooh. and he looks like he is just, like, he's back. 
He like yeah. you know they had a little bit of a lull, mm-hmm. but and who would have thunk of all quarterbacks to bring him back would have been Geno Smith, <laughs> Geno. Chris. Yeah, I mean they they look really good, and I think Pete's done. Um, an interesting job since he came over from USC. I think there was a lot of people who doubted that that Pete was going to ever be able to to make it work at the pro ranks. And, you know, Pete's done really, really well, whether it be the Legion of Boom years or even this new era that he's kind of ushered in with with uh, with Geno Smith. Like, I I think Pete has been a really has had a really, really successful comeback to uh, come back to the NFL. And, you know, should he be the third highest paid coach in the NFL right now? Probably not. Probably not. I don't think he's necessarily shown to be that good, but um, you know, I'm sure Seahawks fans are are really happy that he's their coach. And you know, there's only a handful of guys that they would rather have. Well, they made the playoffs last year. Obviously, got ousted by the San Francisco 49ers, and but I think that's a combination of what I think what you're seeing here. And in, in Pete's case, it's success right now, but it's mm-hmm. also getting paid off what you've done. Right. And he brought them a Super Bowl. Should have had a second one. Don't let me bring that up again. Not because I have love for Marshawn Lynch because he went to Cal, and not because I have absolute hatred for the New England. Patriots, but let's not talk about them not handing the ball off. Um, but yeah, brought them to a second one, and now, like I said, brought them to the playoffs last year, and they're looking. Remember, they're on my pesky list. Yep. Um, looks like they're he's going to bring them back to the playoffs this year. Now, number four. Do we not know real quick? Sorry, do we not no, know how much Shanahan is getting paid now? I mean, because they they just reworked that extension with him and yeah, I've got him it and here. Lynch. I would assume he ended up getting paid. Uh, a higher salary in that restructuring. He's getting I ten. Oh, you're you're thinking? Oh, the new new like one. Just, I mean, yeah, they just restructured it. What, like two or three weeks ago? Yeah, he was making ten as of September twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. Interesting. Okay. How long? But no, that's interesting. I think yeah. that's like right around the date that they restructured yeah, it. Yeah, right around there. Because that would have been what six that that would have been like 17 days ago yeah something like that yeah so anyways as of this article he's making 10 a year um but let's move on to uh I, i've never really understood this sean mcveigh the, the 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 attraction to sean mcveigh like the the love for that guy i get it he's He's got a lot of energy. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but he's already been talking about quitting because he's had offers already to get involved in the media. Now, they did go all in for that World Series. <laughs> World Series. <laughs> yeah. For that Super Bowl. Um, and they won it. So, he's a Super Bowl winner. And I, I think he is a good coach. Obviously, a very smart offensive mind. But he makes $14 million and he comes in at number four. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what they're what don't you get? Like he's thirty seven years old. He's still the the youngest coach in the NFL and has already won a Super Bowl and and has already proven. I mean, he's had one bad season so far as an NFL head coach, and that was last year when his quarterback went down with a weird injury and he didn't have Cooper Cup either. I think Sean McVay is is about as good as it gets, and if I were the Rams, I would offer him a lifetime contract and say, "Hey, be our coach until you want to do." Okay, uh, so that you TV so stuff. you're a big fan. Absolutely, you understand I mean, the attraction. The dude took Jared Goff to a Super Bowl when Jared <laughs> looked like his career was yeah, on but only the way scored three out. points for sure. I mean, no, yeah, I you know, you. the Patriots only scored what twelve in that one. I hear so, you. Yeah. And then quickly here, Mike Mike Tomlin. 
Oh. Making 12 and a half. He hasn't you had to talk he, about a lifetime contract. Give that man whatever he wants. He hasn't won a playoff game, though, since 2016. Don't matter. They haven't been good. That's seven years ago. They haven't been a good team probably since 2016. And I, he, he has them at 500 every single I year. I, or above 500. Has that. never finished below 500. It's incredible. Like you, can, you can't pay for that level of consistency. Like that. That's just. So you're looking more at the GM. I mean, or, yeah, or just, yeah, I guess. Or the player's just underperforming. I mean, you have to have a quarterback. You got to have talent around him. And, you know, it really feels like, you know, they've done a great job of bringing in wide receivers, but, you know, and and building a a really solid defense, but they haven't been able to figure out the post-Big Ben quarterback. And you could argue they held on to Ben for two to three years too long. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, they've they've just really struggled to put a top-tier team out there. Coming up next, fun in the 40s, the Sacramento Kings edition, including which lunch table would you sit at when it comes to the Kings? We'll talk about that next. Chris Watkins, Zachariah, Sacktown Sports, 1140. Live and local. Live and local. This is Sacktown Sports. That's what it is. It is Sacktown Sports. I is Zachariah. He's B, Chris Watkins. Coming up top of the hour, what if I told you, Chris, that I have the coolest stat of this 49ers run? That'd be something you'd be interested in? I think so, yeah. That's a... The coolest stat. That's what I think. There yeah. is no stat cooler mm-hmm. than the one that we'll give you top of the hour, plus more Purdy talk and... I can do a little preview because I'm off the rest of the week, so I can do a little Browns-Niners preview, but we'll talk some some red and gold top of the hour. But right now, it is time for the intro that everybody waits for at the 40 part of every single hour, and it is the one and only Nate doing our – we don't know if it's Nate or not. Nate produced it. I'm not sure who voiced Mm -hmm. it, but let's get to fun in the 40s. Now, on Zachariah and Watkins, I plead – the fifth. Be the fifth. Be the fifth. Five. One, two, three, four, fifth. Anything you say, fifth. It was God. It was the voice of God. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shout out, God. Mm, Thanks yeah. for helping us out. Yeah, bless Thanks. up. Bless Did up. he do it for free? Can't disclose any more details. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, good. Take good, it up good. with the big man. All right, let's start here. And I'm sure you saw it, but I just saw it for the first time, and I just loved it. I think that I think McGee's going to become one of the fan favorites. Oh, absolutely for the Kings. Yeah. I mean, I think you know he's just he's just got that. I mean, there's a reason why he's like the king of Shaq and a fool. Yeah. But he's just got that look to him where he just looks like fun. He looks like an exciting guy, and I think I think fans are going to love him. Plus, he's huge. But here he is, letting the Kings know, getting them amped up. I know it got me amped up. Oh boy. Let's light that motherfucker beam. Let's light that motherfucker beam. There you go. Let's light that beam. That's all we could get. That's yeah, all we could like, get. No, that's, that's fine. A, that's as clean as we could get there. No, that's fine. That, 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 that's all I was looking for. But, uh, yeah. Um, hopefully the crowd doesn't start chanting it like that. Hopefully you know? they do. Hopefully. Uh, it would be interesting. How would they deal with that They'd on TV? They'd have to dump that on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a... No, nah, there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do. What yeah. do they do in those situations? They just I, let it ride. Yeah. yeah, I've yeah. dumped questionable things doing Kings games. Uh-huh. I've also not dumped some things, but yeah. that's uh, for another day. Uh, I don't know. Like TV, that's tough because you can hear it. You've you've 
seen games, like football games, yeah. stick out to me the most, where the crowd's chanting something crazy, yep. and the announcers usually just kind of be like, they gloss oh. over it. Yeah, oh, they're getting a little wide. Like, I feel like the Aikman and Buck kind of acknowledge it the most, yeah. maybe, because they seem like they're having the most fun. But, uh, you, you you know, I mean, as a as a producer, there's not much I can do. Yeah, no, for sure. got to let it ride. Um, so we were talking earlier about Sasha and whether or not he would be the oldest player to ever win Rookie of the Year as he is eligible. I looked it up. The oldest player is a three-way tie between Malcolm Brogdon, David Robinson, and Elgin Baylor. They were all 24 years Oof. old. Now, we talked about this. We thought Elgin Baylor might have been in the war. We know David Robinson had to serve in the military. Right. The Navy, but what is Malcolm Brogdon's? What's excuse? his excuse? Just being old in general? Yeah, I mean, he probably obviously played all four years in college, and then maybe he was had hurt to the first year. Shirt or something, yeah. right? Like, yeah, have to. Because for this year, we didn't get to it, but Chet Holmgren is eligible also, yeah. even though he was drafted two years ago because he One sat year, yeah. sat out um, all year with an injury, but. Anyways, here is, uh, look, Sasha might be eligible. He might be technically a rookie, but he is not going to be treated like one. Be subject to rookie duties? No, no. And that's funny. I, I said that. I was like, bro, he's 28. He's been, he's been playing professional ball for like 10 years already. So, no, he's, he's not. He's a rookie in the NBA, but he's not a rookie to be a professional. So, no, he's not. He doesn't get rookie duties. That's the voice of De'Aaron Fox. But, yeah, I mean, It'd be kind of weird for the 28-year-old to go to, you know, yeah. what do they do? They get donuts? What are, Have you gotten a uh, list of what the rookie duties are? Yeah, the Kings keep it pretty light. Usually it's just bring Chick-fil-A. You have to bring Chick-fil-A onto the, the road flight, like, you know, when you're flying out for a road trip. Okay. Mandatory that you, you pick up Chick-fil-A. And then uh, there's been like a year or two where they're like, hey, wear this Hello Kitty backpack every time you, know, uh-huh. you hop on yeah, the plane yeah. and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's just make sure that, the 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 team is well fed on the plane pretty well, much is it it looks like he's going to be able to avoid all of that as he said that that yeah cuz i've seen stuff on twitter where like the whole team will go out for a fat oh those are the dinner worst, and then man. they get the check this one guy to almost me, had a nervous breakdown i forget what team yeah, it was i was like i don't maybe i'm just wrong maybe i don't really know what these guys pockets look like but that just seems like like that's mean. Yeah, like that's rude if Agreed. you just leave a dude with a bill. I don't care if you're a millionaire or not. Like yeah. especially when you're hanging out with other millionaires, it's like yeah. you're just gonna leave a rookie with a you know a thirty thousand dollar bill. It's well, like, they couldn't do it to Brock Purdy. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's right, making exactly. peanuts. He He's got make a roommate. Money, and that's the thing. It's like <laughs> you wouldn't be able to I pay rent. Know. I understand. You know, it's part of paying your dues sometimes, yeah. quite literally. But it's like. Oh, Oh, no, that seems a little excessive. Yeah, there's a great – what's the great story that uh, Kobe Bryant, who did he do it to? He did something like that where he – it wasn't even his on his team. It was a oh, – I got to look it up. I'll bring it next time. Um, who was it? Anyways, he, invi- he like invited him to go to this like club or restaurant yeah. or whatever afterwards and then – I think he ended up actually paying for it, but he let it sit for like an hour where the guy <laughs> thought that he was going to have to pay for it. I forget who it was. But anyways, uh, did you see the new Kings jersey? The city jersey? The Yes, unconfirmed. It's unconfirmed. Oh, it ha- really? It's not, no, it's not officially the jersey. It's been that flying could be around. photoshopped? Not that it's photoshopped. It's just all the time people are like, oh, hey, here's this leaked jersey. It's just it's just unconfirmed it's, okay. uh, it's not that I'm saying it's not going to happen. It's just... Oh, unconfirmed that they're going to play in a game with it? 
No, just unconfirmed that that's really like. I mean, oh, people, okay. you know that that picture. Like they haven't hit shelves. It's a picture of you know a King's jersey on a shelf. It, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. A lot of people are are assuming it is, but mm-hmm. I've just you know I've just learned that not to trust things on social media. Gotcha. Well, I had fun with this one as I forget what day of the week because they're all blending together. But one of them we talked about who you sit, you know, like which lunch table do you sit at when you're in school or whatever. And so somebody put out a photo of 10 different lunch tables. And why don't you run through them? And then I will tell you, uh, I want to know who, which table you would sit at. And I will tell you the one that I would sit at. Yeah. Shout out my guy, Alex Figs, who, uh, who made this, um, at table one, so for those who don't know like what this meme is, it's essentially a collection of like three to four people at a table, and you're supposed to pick one through ten which table you'd enjoy to sit at. Uh, at table one, it's King's assistant GM, Wes Wilcox, their actual GM. I shouldn't say actual. Their GM, Monty McNair. And, <laughs> I think uh, you can and, say that. I, yeah, it's just like, whatever. He's yeah. their actual assistant <laughs> yeah. GM, and Monty's uh, their assistant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, table oh, one is Wes Wilcox, Monty McNair, and Sasha Vizankov. Mm-hmm. That's it. At table two, it's Jordy Fernandez. Chris Duarte, Harrison Barnes, and Damanis Sabonis. At table three, it's Alex Len, Rick Adelman, Jay Will, mm. and JaVale McGee. That one's tempting. At table four, we have Mike Bibby, Malik Monk, Mike Davion Bibby. Mitchell, and Colby Jones. Mm-hmm. At table five, we've got Isaiah Thomas, uh, Bobby Jackson, Matthew Dellavedova, and Kessler Edwards. At table six, we have Keegan Murray, head coach Mike Brown, De'Aaron Fox, and assistant coach Luke Laux. At table seven, we've got Slamson, mm-hmm. we've got Demarcus Cousins, mm-hmm. and we've got Vivek Ranadive. Okay. Uh, and at table eight, we've got Kevin Martin, Peja, Jimmer, Kevin Herter. Okay. At table nine, we have Lyles, Christie, uh, C. Webb, mm. and Jalen Slauson. Okay. And then at table 10, we have Vladi, Jordan Ford, Brad Miller, and Keon Ellis. Now, Put I was, your votes in now. I, I was tempted by three because I just like the way that Jay Will talks. And we've already <laughs> yeah. talked about how McGee is a character. But I'm going to have to go seven. Oh, seven strong. I want to sit at the table with the richest person in the room. Yep. The good owner. Point. It's a good point. The craziest person in the room. Slams in. The, no, right. I was gonna. Go, <laughs> I, I totally bit on that. Uh, Demarcus <laughs> Cousins would be the craziest one, and then yes, uh, the mascot. I just assume would be fun. Oh man, that's, that would be my table. Plus, there's an open strong, seat. That, that's a good point. Yeah. That is a strong, strong table. And just to hear the things that Demarcus would have to say to Vivek would probably be worth the price of entry. Demarcus for is, sure. Funny, funny guy. Yeah. Uh, crazy, crazy. But I'm going to go with table six because you got Keegan Murray, mm-hmm. who is just hilarious yeah. at all times, even it, un- unintentionally yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. You've got Mike Brown, okay. who is a complete opposite spectrum of hilarity. Full of energy. And would probably poke Keegan to try and make him uncomfortable. For sure. You've got De'Aaron, who's incredibly close with Keegan, so maybe that opens it up. Yeah. And then Luke Laux is really close with De'Aaron as well. So I'm, I'm going to say that table six, you probably get the – the best bang for your buck, and you're just going to get nonstop entertainment. Yeah. Nonstop my, entertainment. My buddy worked uh, for Oracle, and one of his jobs was like players would – well, it wasn't one of his – he didn't have to do it, but yeah. players would go up to him and ask him to go get stuff. And let's just say Brad Miller had a very interesting <laughs> uh, list of things that he wanted my buddy to go get. Brad's Tip, a funny guy. Tipped him well, though. That's yeah. great. I mean, Brad – yeah, Brad's – Brad's an OG of OGs. Like he he was around a lot for the playoffs last year, and 
he just seems like one of the guys. Like For he sure. seems like he's got his trailer. I saw that picture. He just looks like a Sacramento arena. fan. Got his long yeah. hair. Where's he his... from? He's got to be a country guy. I would definitely For assume sure. Brad Miller's from the country. I actually yeah. don't know where he's from exactly, but uh, I saw yeah, that shout picture. Out Brad Miller, man, he was just he was out and about living his best life during the uh, NBA playoffs. Yeah, year. I saw that picture, and I'm pretty sure there was in at Indiana. least one broadcast that didn't even know that he was the next player. <laughs> like, they literally just thought yeah. it was a really tall yeah, Kings fan. massive, He too. is That's massive. The thing. Like, he's a legit seven-foot tall. Yeah, for sure. I I, I find Chris Webber to be re- – he's either really interesting or really boring. Really boring. Okay. His voice puts me to sleep. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't like His him on the broadcast, crazy. but oftentimes people that come off like that are actually really interesting once you peel oh, back yeah. the No, he's the got layers. things to say, for yeah. sure. He'd be a good person to have a conversation with, but yeah. if it's just a – a monologue i'm i'm out yeah i was really tempted by jay will and javel mcgee and rick rick adelman could maybe be funny in his yeah. own way but anyways left that one coaches alive. always have some sort of like dark humor i feel yeah all right coming up top of the hour the 1 p.m portion of your day we have the coolest stat of this 49ers run for you plus a little look ahead if you will on hump day towards the Niners and the Browns on Sunday. We will discuss that next. You're listening to Zachariah, Chris Watkins, right here, Sacktown Sports, 1140.